the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Tuesday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and Alicia Quibido. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. morning. Hey. Good morning. Welcome aboard. Hey. Live and direct. Yeah, I know. Hello. It's good to have you here. <laughs> it's going to be here. It's good to have you here. Uh, let's start with prayer, but I wanted to just uh, wish a happy birthday to our awesome volunteer, Julie from Brulee. Today is her birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, Julie. Julie. Julie comes in twice a week and is just awesome. That's mostly what I can say about Julie. So uh, happy birthday, Julie. We will see her in the office tomorrow. So let's start this morning with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty ever-living God, increase our faith, hope, and charity, and make us love what you command so that we may merit what you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Antonio de Santa Ana Galvan. Pray for us. Pray for us. We have a full show for you today, but I just wanted to say that we are live on our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com and search Catholic Community Radio. Hit that subscribe button and that bell so you can receive notifications every time we go live or post a video on our channel. Also join us for the Patriotic Rosary daily at 12.30 p.m. on Catholic Community Radio. That's 12.30 p.m. Central because we have listeners all over the country uh, through Election Day. So Patriotic Rosary is very powerful and join Mm -hmm. in with us. Okay, Dr. Stanton McNeely joins us in six minutes. He is a president of the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans. He's going to give us his monthly update. In 18 minutes, Father Taylor Sanford joins us. He's a parochial vicar at Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs. He's going to be telling us his vocation story, so stay tuned for that. In 35 minutes, Matt Meeks joins us, CEO of Catholic Ventures. He's going to be talking about the first ever Catholic subscription box for kids. So something that's going to go right to your doorstep monthly. Very exciting. And in 48 minutes, Elaine Mathern joins us along with Deacon Randall Waggispack. They're going to be talking about entering Canaan and the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. That ministry is very powerful for and healing for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. looking forward to these great guests in our studio. And Damien, I don't know about you, it was a little bit drizzly when I was driving oh, in this yeah. morning. Oh, yeah, we're going to get a little rain today, but it won't last <laughs> long. In fact, it's headed our way, should be in the Baton Rouge area. Within the next hour or so, home at Thibodeau, New Orleans, you'll see the rain definitely before noon and it'll be out of our area by around one or two o'clock this afternoon our listening area pretty much so that's good news uh high 77 low 48 temperatures will drop quickly come sundown and and temperatures going to be very similar to what we're going to experience today with the highs in the upper 70s lows around 50 temperatures in around the area believe it or not 
All pretty much 75 degrees. Baton Rouge, New Orleans, home of Thibodeau, that's what they're reporting. Mandeville, 72, and in Gulfport, it's 74. So, uh, yeah, we could use some rain. The mm-hmm. farmers especially are praying for some that's rain. Right, yeah. uh, they probably won't get what they would like, but it's a start. And that's then right. as we get closer to um, Friday, Saturday, We'll have some more rain coming our way. I saw a picture on Facebook of someone standing right next to the the USS Kid Mm -hmm. because of the the, it's so low, the Mississippi River. All rivers, yeah, Yeah. they're really low. So, uh, which is interesting. They're finding things that they did not know. Isn't that crazy? The basin happened to be in the river, like cars. Yep, cars. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm just saying. Yep. Okay, well, don't go away because the gospel's coming your way. We're going to learn about what is the kingdom of God all about right here on Wake Up. A good Tuesday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker. Today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 13. Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? To what can I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in the garden. When it was fully grown, it became a large bush, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. Again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took, and mixed in with three measures of wheat flour, until the whole batch of dough was leavened. Thank you, Father Chris, for today's gospel. It is 7.08 on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Our first guest is Dr. Stanton McNeely. He joins us. He's the president of the University of Holy Cross over in New Orleans. Good morning, Dr. Stanton. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. It's great to be with you as always. It's so good to have you with us. And every time we get an update from the University of Holy Cross, it's always jam-packed with wonderful information and so many things going on. We uh, Last time we had you on, we were talking about cook-offs and fun summer activities. Uh, but you all just announced the special speaker of this year's prayer breakfast. And we are so excited who you picked. Can you give us details about this? Yes, thank you, Gabby. We are blessed to announce that Father Josh Rodriguez, the new rector-president of Northern Seminary here in New Orleans, will be the University of Holy Cross Prayer Breakfast Speaker on November 11th. We're so happy Father Josh Rodriguez is joining us. He's from the Bayou region, uh, also, of course, has done a lot of study in Rome, and we're glad to have him as rector-president of Northern Seminary back in New Orleans. And to say yes to the calling of leading our prayer breakfast on November 11th at the University of Holy Cross, we could not be happier. That is so exciting. And can listeners maybe uh, tune in or follow along with this year's prayer breakfast as well? Uh, we're actually working on that, so we're processing on how we'll do that as a live stream, and more information will be forthcoming about that from the university, so please stay tuned. But of course, we're, we're communicating daily leading up to our prayer breakfast in early November, and so more information will be forthcoming about how they could tune in, tune in to the live stream. So that's happening on November 11th on Veterans Day. Um, it, will that, where will that be held? That will be held at the University of Holy Cross campus in our Blessed Basil Moreau Center. It's the first time we've been able to have the prayer breakfast on the university campus since COVID, and wow. so we're so grateful for that opportunity, and to welcome Father Josh with us as well. It's, it's a wonderful affirmation of our Catholic identity. 
I love hearing stuff like that. Okay, UHC continues to grow and expand. We hear this with your with your updates whenever you join us on Wake Up. There's a lot going on there. And with the shortage of nurses in the world today, University of Holy Cross is stepping up to help educate and train nurses to fill in the gaps of our local hospitals. And we're so grateful for that. So how is UHC leading the charge? Well, Gabby, true to our Marionite sponsors, the Marionites of Holy Cross, to meet the needs and be a prophetic presence in our ever-changing world, the University of Holy Cross has a strong and, and robust nursing program that engages our larger community to meet the needs for patient care as a Catholic institution of higher learning. Of course, our nurses are excellent in their skills and, and technical skills in nursing, but as students at the University of Holy Cross, they're also educated in the formation of the heart which translates into outstanding patient care in a time that we desperately need that heart, mind, body, and spirit care for patients in our hospitals at the most vulnerable moments. And so the University of Holy Cross is proud to fulfill our mission through nursing and through our other health sciences programs so that those who are patients in our hospitals and urgent cares and other facilities receive the true spirit of our education at Holy Cross. It's so good to hear, and uh, we definitely need good nurses and doctors uh, that we rely on for for healthcare as well. Um, talk about the program, the nursing program over at UHC for those who are familiar uh, or, or want to know more about this program who aren't familiar. Sure. Um, thank you, Gabby. Yes, the nursing program is outstanding. We've been servicing the community and for about 40 years. We're in all of the hospitals, the LCMC Health Hospitals, Oxner, the VA Medical Center in New Orleans, and many other facilities. And our students um, definitely get the formation of a Holy Cross education through that experience. And they can anyone can go to uhcno.edu and visit our nursing page. It's right there on the front page and learn more about our program. That's wonderful to hear. Uh, Let's also switch gears to the new residence hall over on campus. Tell us about that. Oh, we are so blessed (laughs) to have the opportunity to start a fall semester without the pandemic and without hurricanes in New Mm -hmm. Orleans. And so we're grateful for that in the spirit of building community with our new residence hall, like you mentioned, Gabby. We've been excited about this for many years. Now, finally, we have calm experiences in waters and external environment. And we're glad that we have our largest community on campus. We have um, the highest number of residents we've ever had. And Gabby, too, because now the pandemic and and thank God we don't have any hurricanes this season, Mm. we're now offering mass twice a week on campus, Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m. and uh, Wednesdays at noon. That gives our community now living on campus the opportunity to celebrate the Eucharist, too. Oh, I love hearing that. That's so great to hear. Uh, Dr. Stanton McNeely, president of the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans, so much information during this interview. For those who want to find out more about UHCNO, where can they go? They can go exactly to our website, uhcno.edu. They can also call us at 504-394-7744 anytime. We um, have a 24-7 service. Thank you so much, Dr. Stanton, for joining us. Always looking forward to your updates from the university. Thanks a lot, Gabby, for having us. God bless. Absolutely. They're always jam-packed with information, mm-hmm. so definitely check that out. I posted the link in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. We are live on Facebook, by the way, facebook.com slash Catholic Community Radio. Alicia, something exciting yes, happened we yesterday. Have exciting news. <laughs> so our um, sixth annual Catholic Man Night is happening uh, next week, right, already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, November 2nd, <laughs> Wednesday, November 2nd at White Oak Estate and Gardens. We want to thank uh, Olind Group One Solution for sponsoring this year's event. We are officially 
sold out. Yes. Sold out. So Catholic Man Night is sold out. If you didn't have a chance to register, look for us next year. Uh, It will be a great event, and we'll keep you posted about uh, our guest speaker, uh, Coach Paul Maneri, a retired coach of the uh, LSU Tiger Baseball. So. That's exciting. exciting. That is, is exciting. It is a great, great group of guys. Uh, looking forward to Chef Fultz putting on a going to have some good eats, good some drinks, good eats, some good eats, yep. some good drinks. Uh, Pelican yep. Craft Brands will be supplying the beer. That's right. That's right. And, Neat uh, wines. Looking forward is to that. A lot of craft wine. brews are going to be uh, opening up. That's uh, right. That That's right. That's yeah. right. So it'll Stogie be or two. Great night. That's right. Yeah. It'll it's be guys a guys' night. night so. yeah. yeah, sure. Sounds is. like a guys' night. Yes, it uh. is. But it's a great. It'll be a great night. So uh, thanks to everybody who supported us, especially Olin Group, uh, for their generous support. Yep. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we are going to take a short break, but we will learn more about our saint of the day in just a few moments. And also, Father Taylor Sanford joins us. He's going to be talking about his call to the priesthood. It is seven fifty. Oh, it's fifteen past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 25th. Today we celebrate Saint Antonio de Santa Ana Galvan. Born near São Paulo, Brazil in 1739, Antonio briefly entered a Jesuit seminary before deciding on the Franciscans. Following his ordination, he served as a preacher and confessor. Within a few years, he was appointed confessor to a group of area nuns. He went on to co-found a new community of women religious under the patronage of Our Lady of the Conception of Divine Providence. The premature death of the first superior caused Padre Antonio to take on more responsibilities for the new congregation, especially for building a convent and church adequate for their growing numbers. At his beatification ceremony in 1998, Pope John Paul II praised Blessed Antonio for working on behalf of women religious and for dedicating himself with love and devotion to the afflicted, the suffering, and the slaves of his era in Brazil. His authentically Franciscan faith, lived and spent in serving his neighbor, should be an encouragement to imitate this man of peace and charity, the Pope concluded. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And welcome back to Wake Up 19 after the hour on a Tuesday morning. Could be a little wet for most of us, but it won't last long. A cool front coming through just to make things nice again. That's always nice. Speaking of nice, there's a great guy and nice guy on the phone father taylor sanford he's with us this morning parochial vicar at immaculate conception in denham springs and he's here to talk about his vocation story good morning father taylor good morning damien it's great to be with you all this morning it's great to be with you okay my brother where do you want to start do you want to start at the fact that you're a catholic high and all of a sudden things started to change for you or or what yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was born and raised in Baton Rouge and went to Catholic High. Um, I was getting involved in a youth group over there, and um, it was, yeah, a particular encounter that I had in high school um, where I encountered Jesus in Eucharistic adoration, um, and I, f- I felt just this, um, this invitation from Jesus to, to be his priest. 
Um, and, you know, I w- after that encounter, I wish I could say, yeah, yeah, clean cut, end of story, um, became a priest. Um, but as you know, as most stories go, uh, it's, it's always um, a lot more complicated and a lot more, um, just a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, sure. So, yeah. yeah, and you went to St. George uh, Catholic School growing up, and uh, you you also were a, somewhat of a track star, weren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, running. I ran track, cross country, and uh, running is still very important to me. I, you know, I got to do it every other day. Um, <laughs> Or else I'll go. I'll go crazy. <laughs> well, and, and the reason I bring that up is how much influence did Coach Boudreaux over at uh, Catholic High have on you, uh, as well as your parents when it came to making that decision to uh, enter the priesthood? Wow, no, that's a great question. So, yeah, Coach Pete, um, just a great man, a great virtue, um, is a great man. Um, a lot of love. He was very encouraging. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I did not vocalize my um, desire for the priesthood or felt like I was called to the priesthood until college, um, right. really. But um, at the time, I mean, he. You know, it's it little things like he would pick up trash. Um, you know, as he was running around coaching everybody and in the middle of, um, you know, track meets and stuff, he would just pick up trash that he saw and throw it away, just like you know, not calling attention to himself, but just just that quiet witness of being a servant. Um, that, that really stuck out to me. And so, um, and then he was always very personal in his attention to us and um, always encouraging us to, to be the best that we could be. Yeah. And so um, I think just that in- inspiring example of somebody who's very generous and giving his whole life to something uh, definitely did um, something in me. My parents as well. I mean, my parents, you know, they were, uh, they're awesome. They raised us in the faith. They we were at church every Sunday. We we prayed together as a family, and you know, whenever I told my mom that I was interested in the priesthood, she was more excited than I was, <laughs> um, which was a little bit, you know, uh, you know, uh, disconcerting. I don't know. I, I I didn't want to talk about it because I was scared and I didn't know if I was actually going to do it, um, and I didn't want my mom telling all her friends that I was going to go be a priest, <laughs> um, only to you know leave them disappointed. Um, and my dad, you know, he was very supportive. He said, you know, well, um, we want you to be happy. And so um, this, is, this is the path that the Lord has chosen you to be happy. Then, you How know. wonderful. Wow. What, what ha- was one of your biggest challenges during your discerning process? Oh, celibacy, for sure. Mm. Um, so I, I think, well, celibacy and then, and then um, kind of rooted in that was this lack of trust that um, Jesus was actually going to be enough for me and, like, mm. actually had my best interests at heart. Um, because, you know, I saw celibacy as part of the priesthood as, as kind of this big obstacle of like, okay, well, Jesus wants me to serve um, him as his priest, serve his people as his priest, um, but he wants me to be a little bit miserable in that process, you know, <laughs> um, and, and that's this kind of celibacy thing. But um, I read this book called And You Are Christ by Father Thomas Dubay, a great spiritual writer, uh, even taught at the seminary. Uh, I know I mentioned him to Bishop Munch, and Bishop Munch said he had him as a professor uh, during his time in the seminary. Um, but he talked about the charism of celibacy um, in this, he talked about it in this extraordinary way that I never heard before. He said, um, we're all thirsts, like these incarnate thirsts as human beings, and um, we all desire uh, at bottom, we all desire God, 
and celibacy is um, is a going straight to the source of the one who's going to satisfy our deepest thirst. It's like drinking from from the from the fountain. And uh, I was like, I was reading this, and I was like, man, uh, I don't know if you're calling me to this, Jesus, but now it's no longer an obstacle, um, but it's actually something that I desire. So, yeah, um, that was a big a big game changer for me, just seeing celibacy. Um, as a as a means of deeper communion with with God. Wow, that's great. What's the name of that book again? And you are Christ. Um, I'm not sure the publisher, but uh, if you mention my name, then I get a little kickback. So. Oh, hey. <laughs> there you go. Well, well no, but that that no, is no, that's no, great to know for, because for men, I think a lot of women. young men, you know, even if their vocation oh, isn't the priesthood, right. celibacy is tough. Well, I'm mm-hmm. glad he you're so open in talking about that and yeah. mm-hmm. saying that mm-hmm. because I know that I've had questions about that and mm-hmm. wondered that. But you yeah, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of. Men and women think mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. you know, in today's world. That's something you don't hear anyone talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. Yeah, it's very misunderstood, um, yeah. especially whenever, when you, whenever you see it not lived out well, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the media can pick up on that. Yeah. Um, yes. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of denigrates mm-hmm. it. But, um, you know, I mean, married life is also um, a struggle to, to live out well. And so, um, I mean, you see that getting attacked too and, and mm-hmm. less less and less uh, young people choosing to, to be married because mm-hmm. they realize how, how deep of a commitment that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you went to LSU for a, a few years, I believe, or maybe you even graduated from there. Uh, chemical engineering was your major, right? That's correct. Yeah, I graduated chemical engineering uh, in 2014. Um, yeah, during my time there, I, I, I learned how to think. And uh, mm-hmm. some people say, oh, you wasted your uh, time getting a chemical engineering degree only to become a priest. Um, the Lord was doing stuff in me at the time. I didn't, I wasn't sure. Right. Um, but they taught me how to think. And, uh, I, I went to a last lecture for one of our chemical engineering professors, uh, Dr. Armando Carripio, um, just this past week. And, um, I got a autographed copy of one of his textbooks, nice. <laughs> which sounds super nerdy and, and it kind of is, but, um, it. but it just reminded me of that time and, um, yeah, what, what God was doing, uh, on a natural level then. Yeah. And, and so after LSU, tell us about your education process real quick, um, uh, in the, in the seminary itself. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so there's, you know, if you're coming right out of high school, there's, you got four years of basically getting your undergraduate and then four years of like a master um, so like an eight-year total process since I had already been to college I did two years of um, pre-theology so a lot of uh, philosophy studies um, and, and some theology as well uh, sacred scripture and then four years uh, so that's in Covington um, usually mm-hmm. um, so two years there uh, at the Abbey and then four years at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans um, where you get deeper into the theology, uh, theological studies. And um, something that I really loved um, was especially sacred scripture and um, yeah, the inspiration of scripture. And I was just really inspired by uh, one of the professors there, um, Dr. Gregory Vall, um, and his, his own reverence for the sacred text and, um, and yet a deep um, scholarly uh, approach, approach to things. So he, he wedded those two, um, just a prayerful and scholarly approach uh, mm-hmm. so well. Yes, and and how when were you ordained? Uh, just last year, so May twenty second, twenty twenty one. Yeah, just a little over a year, and and that had to be exciting. And what do you love so much about a, a being a priest so far after just over a year? 
Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, confessions, mass, uh, the, um, obviously those two I, I was anticipating. Um, what I was not anticipating was um, anointings of the sick, like sick calls, mm-hmm. go and, and to be with um, people in kind of the last moments and being able to provide mm-hmm. um, the Lord's mercy in that critical time, you know. And um, and I just I reflect, especially whenever it seems like somebody's been away for the church and their family's been away for the church for so long, um, and yet um, in God's providence they're receiving, like, you know, all this firepower right at the end, you know, <laughs> if, if they're able to receive Holy Communion and, and anointing of the sick, apostolic pardon, um, and then just, you know, praying the litany of the saints and stuff. I think of maybe how many times they, they prayed the Hail Mary growing up, you know, yeah. where yeah. we pray and every Hail Mary pray for us now and at the hour of our death, you know, mm-hmm. and I just imagine all those, all those times when they prayed it as a child, just stacking up right at the end there oh, um, as uh, Mary's just showering them with uh, the graces of the church. Yeah. Father Taylor Sanford, parochial vicar at Immaculate Conception, Denham Springs, Louisiana. Uh, you and, and Father Matthew Graham team up. Y'all competitive considering St. George and St. Jude were uh, rivalries growing up as kids? Uh, you know, I don't think we're competitive, but we're on the same team, actually, because he was a chemical engineer as well. So yeah, okay. We work, uh, it's a, we work it's, really well together. Is yeah. that a prerequisite these days? I know we got to go, but uh, do you have to be it an engineering to like be it. a priest? There are quite a few. It certainly there? looks like it. A number yeah. of them, at least in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Yeah, that's right. Father Taylor Sanford, thank you for being with us this morning on Wake Up. It's always a pleasure to have you, and best mm-hmm. of luck, and God bless you. Thank you all. Pleasure to be with you all. Oh, yeah. Uh, he and my son graduated Catholic High School. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, meant to say hi to him by way of Dominic, but uh, <laughs> he's already gone. Probably heading to Mass. So we are going to be heading down the road as well, so stick with us. You are listening to Wake Up. It's 30 after the hour. It is 35 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quibido. Our next guest is Matt Meeks. He is the CEO of Catholic Ventures. And today he joins us to talk about the first ever Catholic subscription box for kids. Hey, Matt, good morning. Hey, how are you? I am doing great. I was really excited when I got this press release because I get this like monthly subscription box from uh, another company, but this I always look forward to my monthly subscription boxes because it's like Christmas at your doorstep, even though you already know what's in the box. Uh, but this is so cool because it's Catholic and it helps parents form their children in the faith. So kind of tell us a little bit more information about what we can expect in this monthly subscription box. Yeah, of course. So the box is called Lion and Lamb, and it's a book club for kids, um, really ages kind of, you know, um, or like toddler up through 12 years old, and it's broken down by reading level and age level. So so parents or grandparents can go in and pick the, the level of their child, and then we send three to five wholesome, you know, guaranteed to be wholesome uh, faithful books uh, every, every three months. So... Um, uh, and they come with discussion questions for the parents, kind of to help pull the virtues out of the book, um, um, stickers for the kids and fun surprises and things like that. But it's all centered around helping families find faithful books, pushing back against the trend of 
kind of all these ideological books that are out there, giving parents the, the comfort to know that these books are, are going to be wholesome and help help raise virtuous kids um, while being books that children love. So that's, that's the, the concept. I read so much to my son when he was younger, and I truly believe that's why he loves reading to this day. Um, he's obsessed with it. It's so good. And when we're big reading, we're all bookworms in the, in the home. We're always reading something. But I think at a young age, Matt, it's so important not only to read to your child, um, but also instill in them the, what the faith is all about at their age level. Kind of talk about that even at a toddler age. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I think we, you hear the word domestic church thrown around a lot, but it's, and it's coming back, which is a wonderful thing in Catholic theology, but the home, the family is the domestic church. And so we believe that reading time and bedtime is one of those kind of sacred moments in the domestic church where parents put their work aside, they put everything aside, and they have time with their children. Um, so for toddlers, you know, it's, it's board books about the saints and um, um, teaching, teaching um, uh, you know, about our faith, teaching about the Mass, teaching about things like that, but also teaching just basic virtues, you know, like, um, and particularly for the next level. So the, the duckling level is our toddler mm-hmm. level, and then lamb is the next level. But as you get into lamb, then it's really dealing with things like honesty and integrity and, mm-hmm. and courage and, and helping children children just be virtuous kids. And I will say, too, that not all of our books are, are Catholic. So we were intentional to have a good mix of secular and Catholic books. Um, but the secular books are wholesome and virtuous, and they, they might be a classic, so something from 100 years ago. That, that parents didn't know about that we bring back. Um, so we're trying to bring back really good stories and really good books to form kids. I love that. Yeah, Matt, I was going to ask that question. How many mm-hmm. Catholic authors really are there out there? So that's good that you have a good cross-section, and uh, this yep. is an awesome uh, endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we, we you know, the, the idea came from... Uh, I took my son to the local library, and he bought a book home, and luckily I read it, read it before, mm. you know, and the librarian recommended it, and I read it, and just it just wasn't yeah. aligned with, with our values, you know, and so, but it looked like this great book. It was an award-winning book, and so I started talking to, to our business partners, and they had the same problem, and then we, we sent an email out to our customers, and they said that this was a problem for them, too, so we just thought, why not solve it, and so we, we actually, we work with a... Um, a librarian, the, the product manager over the product is, is a mom of six, Catholic mom of six, who's also a librarian, who used to run a reading blog. And so she knows, she knows these hundred-year-old books. She's just, she's just such a knowledge base. And then we vet them through through religious sisters and through others that, that give their feedback, it. and that's how we come up with our books. Yep. I love that. Okay, so how much is a monthly subscription? Yeah, so a monthly subscription is just around $50. So I think it's $54. Um, and for that, you get, you know, um, some months it'll be four bucks, some months it'll be five. Um, but you'll you, basically, it, it, it ends up being a cost savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sorry, it's not monthly, it's quarterly. Okay. So it's $54 every quarter. Okay. Yep. And then, and then, um, and then um, uh, the, uh, the other great thing about what we do is um, we make, we, we, we have a promise that if, if any book that you already have, you can send back for a refund. So there's really no, yeah, there's no, there's no concern. There's like, there's no risk in this. You know, if you already have the book in your library or it's something that 
that you're not interested in, send it back to us. That's fine. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll take care of that. And then we deduct that off the cost of your subscription. So do you get to pick the books in advance or they're selected for you? Yeah, they're selected. They're selected at this moment by the, the product manager that is that librarian who's going out and finding these kind of finding these books. We, we might get to a place down the road where we have a list of curated books where people can go in and choose the books that they want, and then those will be shipped out. But right now, they're pre-selected. Um, but then, the you know, the, uh, the, and that's why we're also offering that if you already have the book, you can send it back to us. So mm-hmm. there should be no issue. So how do you go about the discussion questions in particular? Mm-hmm. Because not all book, you somebody yes. has to read every book, of course. But then uh, y'all have a little panel that puts uh, the questions together? Yeah, so we do that. We do that as a team. So, um, so Jessica is is the name of the product manager. But Jessica will go through and kind of write up some some suggestions. We'll all read the books. Um, then we'll we'll go back through and kind of discuss those questions internally. I'll discuss the questions with with my children. I've got children, and I'll read the books to them, and we kind of see <laughs> what they like. And then that kind of comes to a final set of questions that end up going out with the story. Yeah, that's a great way to test marketing. Yeah, that, I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And for the younger yeah, ones, I, I see you, uh, your package contains stickers. You know, that's any little kid, adults. seven. Any kids uh, love stickers. Oh, adults. okay. No, uh, wait, I'm just wait, saying. Wait, wait, yeah. I love stickers. Oh, okay. So that's great. But I know the young ones. I've got a three-year-old yeah. and a six-year-old uh, grandchild, and, mm-hmm. and they love oh, the yeah. stickers. If it yes. comes with stickers, you're, you're golden. You're yeah. uh-huh. That's right. That's yes. right. Well, it's so interesting. Yeah, I'll Matt. tell you, the stickers was our biggest. Stickers were our biggest learning because we uh, we put like six or seven stickers in the first box, Uh-oh. and it's big Catholic family. And we got notes from a couple big families that said <laughs> the more. lack of stickers created a war among the kids. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got to include a couple pages stickers. of stickers. Future boxes will have more stickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Matt, you know, it's so. Uh, interesting to me and, and, and disheartening actually that, that now it seems that there are books uh, for children that have these hidden messages or things that we really don't want our children at uh, different ages uh, to learn and to know. So I love that you have this, that you you know saw the, saw the problem and came up with a wonderful solution. This is a great, a great idea. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Matt, where can we go? Matt, CEO of Catholic Ventures, where can we go to maybe sign up for the subscription box and find out more information? Yep. So if you go to just catholic.store, so instead of .com, it's catholic.store. And then right at the top, there's a, a big banner that says Lion and Lamb, and that'll bring you right into it where you can learn all about the subscription and sign up for the level of your child or grandchild. Wonderful. Matt Meeks, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having having me. Absolutely. This is good to take to mass, even for the Mm -hmm. little ones um, who you're trying to get them to kind of pay attention or understand this is what we're doing. This is where we are. This is good. So I like that. And and it's really not that expensive, uh, $50 a quarter, because if you ever go to Walmart, Target, or any of these Mm -hmm. retail outlets, you remember the little golden books that you don't forget? Those things are like five bucks a pop, and there's nothing to them. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. so. Um, so, no, books are expensive, and this is a great way to build your yeah. library. Exactly. I think so, too. Yeah. Hand yeah, them down. Good.
Yeah, that's right. And 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 you get to teach your children about the Catholic faith and and in a fun way. So well, and, right. and 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 even more than that, I love that it talks about virtues and uh, you know just great life lessons for kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. and adults awesome. too. When you read books, you're right. like, oh right, it's, I needed that. <laughs> I needed that reminder. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Gabby. Well, like they said, they bring back some of the classics yeah. from a hundred years ago. Love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> right around when I was born. There you go. <laughs> Uh, stay with us. We have more coming up on Wake Up. It's 45 past the hour. minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in on Catholic Community Radio. We are happy to have with us in our Baton Rouge studio, Elaine Mathern. She is a co-organizer for Entering Canaan and Deacon Randall Wagaspak, Director of the Office of Life, Peace, and Justice for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Good morning. Good morning. It's wonderful to have you both here. And I'm so interested in learning more about your ministry, Entering Canaan. So let's start with the, at the very beginning tell us what it is well it's um it's healing and hope for women and men who've had abortions okay um so it's a it's a very confidential sensitive ministry Mm -hmm. um to help with that you know for those who are struggling with the the healing and that needs to come and Elaine, can that is that in any uh, um if someone has driven someone to, to have an abortion or did you know it could be anyone who at any level has been involved in an abortion can participate in this healing it can be mm-hmm. um this one is basically for those who've had an abortion okay okay right so um it because it's very sensitive and very yes. deep wound that's there yeah so you know it's really and and we find that men have really been struggling as well so it's like not only women but men as well that need to have well, that healing and hope you, you know it's so interesting because over the years i always thought and we always hear about that it's a woman's choice right mm-hmm. and we always hear about how how the uh, woman has been affected but men are, are really the the silent sufferers in this right. it seems exactly, yes. so uh, deacon tell us a little bit about how men uh you know about the effects and how men can can have healing through this ministry um, a lot of times, um, men are, are not even involved in the decision mm-hmm. um, when a woman makes a decision to have an abortion. So they they feel left out, and they mm-hmm. experience the loss and the grief yes. that um, comes with the loss of a child, like anyone who loses a child. Right, mm-hmm. right. That profound loss that they didn't even have, didn't even get to participate in that uh, quote-unquote choice. That um, So let's talk about, so we're, so we're, I'm more familiar with uh Rachel's Vineyard, mm-hmm. and um, and and you do some work with them. Is that right? Does your do you kind of dovetail with Rachel's Vineyard? Um, we we have had that experience in the past, okay. but we felt that this was more of what the diocese wanted is Wonderful. to have one where it begins with a day of prayer, and okay. so um, that was the first step. And it's that way; it's just one day where they can come and really be open and and grieve the oh. loss of their child wow and uh so it began with the sisters of life so um okay. it's a very beautiful uh ministry the sisters of life have because they are de- that's what they deal with that's yes. their charism is to help women and men to heal from abortion wow. so entering cana uh, deacon tell us about wh- why that name what is what is the the uh, significance of entering canaan 
It's like the Israelites who reveal who traveled for 40 years before reaching the promised land. Those who have experienced abortion often wander in the desert yes. um, of suffering for years. The decision to attend a day of heal, prayer and healing begins their healing journey and requires a leap of faith and great courage. Yes. So entering yes. Canaan is that entering is really from that, the desert yes. into this uh the promised land, the promised land right. of hope and healing and yes. and redemption, right. you know, for right. for them to come and and be reconciled and and be brought back to the wholeness that God created them to be. So, do you find so people call in or they email confidentially mm-hmm. uh, to find out more information? And do you find um, that people? that the first step is the most difficult that they don't feel yes, that there's it is very difficult mercy. to make that first mm-hmm. step i mean there's so many obstacles and there's so much fear and and i think that's the main thing i call is to have people praying for them yes. to have the courage to make that first step because right. i know from experience that that is very difficult right and it's like right. you got to break through that brick wall to to make that step but it's yes. um it is a beautiful beginning of their journey Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it is something where they have that that um safe haven of Mm -hmm. um being able to grieve because that's one thing that they don't they don't feel like they're worthy to have to be able to grieve their loss of their child well and you know we hear so much in the media about um about this right and this choice we don't hear about what happens to the woman after she's made that decision uh, about the the high rate of suicide and and uh, depression and and terrible things um that that are really the aftermath it's not finished after an abortion uh that that pain and that hurt for many women um continues so talk about if someone is listening uh, and, and and is feeling that hurt uh, and doesn't doesn't really fully grasp the mercy right and the forgiveness um, that our Lord offers what would you say to someone who's driving and listening who who feels that but doesn't feel worthy of that forgiveness right well one thing that I, I feel is very uh, prominent because of uh, Jesus I trust mm-hmm. in you the yes. whole divine mercy aspect yes um, you know say Jesus said to St. Faustino that the greater the sin the greater is my mercy mm-hmm. and I think that is something that I have received yes. in that in that grasp you know grasping wow. on to that message that the Jesus tells us that's right that's so, right and not to not yeah. to and to embrace it yes Just like let to let the Lord's mercy touch you and that's right, and bring you closer that's to beautiful. healing. That's beautiful. It's hard, no matter what the sin, right? Uh, Deacon, sometimes we we don't allow ourselves to receive that mercy. And to understand that regardless of what sins we've participated in, God's love and mercy is always available for yes. us. And this gives an opportunity, which I would think is rare, for people mm-hmm. to be quite open and honest with their experience yes. without having to worry about the shame. Right, a judgment-free zone. And right? judgment. Yes. And so, so tell us, what. so it's a day of prayer, mm-hmm. and you have them how often is it? do you have entering Canaan? Four times a year. Okay. So wow. we have, yeah, we've already got them scheduled for next year. Wow. Our next one is November 4th. Uh, 5th. Okay. Oh, yes. soon. Next week. It okay. is soon. Yes. Okay. A week after. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, um, okay. So if someone's listening and is interested, let us know how they can contact you. Okay. Um, they can call. We have a, a special number. 225-773-5555. Okay. 
7845 or they can do the uh, an email entering canaan at diobr.org okay and this is confidential uh just to call to get information uh, or to register is all confidential Uh, so you can call that number or entering canaan and that's c-a-n-a-a-n at diobr gabby will link that in the comment section of our Mm -hmm. facebook live uh, video and also put the phone number Mm -hmm. right yep so um what a beautiful uh ministry that you have and um I think it's such a gift to our diocese. Yeah. Now, if somebody lives outside of our diocese and they don't have this where they are, can they still call and participate? Sure. Yes. Wonderful. Definitely. And it's for women and men. Yes. Okay. And and does it matter with their faith tradition? Do they have to be Catholic to attend? Um, they don't. But okay. um, we do offer reconciliation, so okay, we always beautiful. have a, a priest that attends. So it is oh, very wonderful. very Catholic based, but okay. everyone is welcome to wonderful. participate in That's the good. experience. Wonderful, Elaine Mathern, co-organizer for Entering Canaan, and Deacon Randall Wagesbeck, director of the Office of Life, Peace, and Justice with the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Uh, check them out at Entering Canaan or at uh, diobr dot org. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing this beautiful ministry. What a gift it is. Thank Thank you for having us. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. That's beautiful. Um, I can't believe, Gabby, our time is is already over. Uh, I thought we would end this morning with a prayer from John Henry Cardinal Newman. Uh, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, support us all the day long until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us safe lodging and a holy rest and peace at last. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Johnny Aber joins us with his gospel reflection. Peter Finney with the Clarion Herald will give us an update of what you'll find in this week's issue in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Dr. Charles Nemeth joins us with his book Finding Happiness in a Complex World. And Sherry Peppa with Catholic Cemeteries will give us an update on All Saints Day festivities. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.